Eagles Entertainment. Eagle Eye in the Sky is fueled by Gatorade, the official sports drink of the Philadelphia Eagles. Everything that moves, I don't care who it is. Just do Give me everything you got. Play fast, play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It's party time. It's party time. Let's go. Touchdown! You're listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Brand Duffy. That's right of the week, and we're talking about a new Eagles linebacker today as the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade, continues. I'm Fran Duffy, and as always, I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 328. At the top of this week's show, we've got our scouting report, where I chat with my buddy, former Eagles linebacker Ike Reese, to talk about the newest Eagles linebacker, Eric Wilson, who the team signed away from the Minnesota Vikings last week. What will Wilson bring to this Eagles defense? What are his strengths? How does he fit? We're going to cover it all right at the top of the show in scouting report. Before we get there, just a couple of things I want to make sure we hit on. First up, I'm going to ask you guys once again, head on over to Apple Podcasts. Throw us your support with a rating and a comment. If you've got a question, if you've got a request, this could be about anything. Now's the time. Jump on. Let me know. Just leave your question in the comment section. I will answer that question here in the next couple of episodes. Also, you know, we're only a couple of weeks away from the NFL draft. So you need to make sure you go subscribe to the Journey to the Draft podcast. You've got weekly analysis from Ben Fennel, Dane Brugler, Greg Cosell, host of other guests. If you're an Eagles fan, which most of you listening are, You'll love hearing from all the guests we have on, whether it's analysts, current NFL scouts, NFL draft hopefuls. We've got it all. So be sure to go subscribe to the Journeys to the Draft podcast wherever podcasts can be found. That being said, enough about Journey to the Draft. Let's get this episode of the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast rolling. It's time now to dive into our chat with Ike Reese in Scouting Report. Dim those lights. We're headed to the film room for the Scouting Report. All right, well, as I teased at the top of the show, excited to welcome in my friend Ike Reese. Ike, excited to bring you in to talk about linebackers once again here on the Eagle Line the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade. Well, Franny, you know it, man. Anytime we get a chance to break down some football, particularly the linebacker position, I'm excited to do that with you, brother, for sure. Uh, I reached out to you. Basically, what we did was we watched all of his, I call it ball contacts, within eight yards. So every tackle, every pass breakup, every tackle for loss, sacks, interceptions, the whole deal. So everything within eight yards for a bunch. He was one of the leading tacklers in the NFL this past year. So he had a bunch past that. But we always want to look at kind of the impact plays and just see how he was able to make these plays. And coming into this offseason, I think we all figured that the Eagles would address the linebacker spot in some way, shape, or form in the veteran market, right? So not only did most people, most people on the outside view it as a need, but the team also lost a couple of players. You know, they lose Nate Gary in free agency, Duke Riley in free agency. So take us inside the mind of Mike Reese. The, the first moment you see it scroll across your phone that the Eagles have signed linebacker Eric Wilson from the Minnesota Vikings, what's going through your mind? What, what did you think at that moment? The first thing I had to do because, and this is no disrespect to, to Eric, his name isn't necessarily a name that rings a bell as soon as you hear it. So when I first saw it, you're, you're laughing at this, Frank. Because it was Minnesota, I'm like, okay, did they mean Eric Kendricks? Did Eric Kendricks a free agent? Like, hold on, did we? <laughs> that would have been a little bit different, different of a headline. Right, yeah. <laughs> so it, it didn't register initially. Then I was like, oh, yeah, Eric Wilson, the other kid in that group. Because Minnesota has a very good group of linebackers. They're athletic, can run to the football. They play smart football. So with Eric Wilson being in that group, you know he's had to earn his stripes in order to play in that group. So I was excited. And then you and then you begin to figure out where do you connect the dots. Mm. And that's when I realized, 
Oh, he played under Jonathan Gannon for a few years up there in Minnesota, right? So he's familiar with him. And you know you're getting a linebacker that is a guy that finds his way to the football. Mm-hmm. Like the one thing I learned at a young age playing that position, you got to have a nose for the ball, whether it's the run game or the passing game. And that's the thing that stood out to me with him is that, man, he finds his way to the football. And here's the other thing, friend, when you bring up initial thoughts on the Eagles signing him, I'm like, okay, we brought in a veteran linebacker. We brought in somebody that's going to be able to set the defense because we got some young linebackers I like, but they're not necessarily ready yet. So having that veteran presence there, a guy that's played in big games and has made a lot of big plays, I thought it was a good signing from the moment that they signed him. It's only a one-year deal, but, hey, who knows? I mean, I think Nigel originally signed as a one-year deal and wind up being here for a few years. So this could turn out to be that as well. Really, you look back in Eagles history over the last two, three decades, and there have been hosts of linebackers that come in on one-year deals and play well, and whether that means they end up somewhere else or if they sign an extension here in Philadelphia, the, the Nate Waynes and Sean Barbers of the world pop into my head as well. Certainly those kind of guys fit this kind of profile. So let's kind of get into what we saw on the film. I think we watched 63 plays in total. So I'll go to you first. Give us the scouting report. You talked about the nose for the football, a guy that was always around the ball. Uh, but what did you see from a trait standpoint on film? What stood out to you when watching Eric Wilson? Well, I tell you, there's a few things that stood out to me. Let me start with the running game, right? So he certainly is a willing participant in the running game. And what I mean by that is he doesn't run around blocks. He doesn't shy away from contact. He knows that if he has a certain gap, that is his responsibility. And it requires him to do some dirty work so that someone else could possibly make the play. He is certainly committed to doing that. That's a trait with linebackers that most coaches want to find out early. Is this guy going to be committed to playing the physical part of the football game in between the hashes inside that box that we call nine on seven? Is he going to be willing to do that? He was certainly a willing participant there. And then probably one of the best traits I saw from him in the running game is that he's usually going forward, meaning Mm -hmm. that he plays downhill, uses his hands, gets off blocks, And the thing, you know, I've talked to you about in the past, Fran, when it comes to linebackers, keeping those shoulders square to the line of scrimmage. Yep. You got to be able to do that to change direction. And he does a great job at that. But where he really stands out, Fran, and I'm sure you'll probably attest to this, is his ability to make plays in the passing game. Mm. It is a passing league. And while it certainly is important, particularly for linebackers, to be able to stop the run and play physical, Today's game requires the linebackers to be athletes in space. Can you cover tight ends? Can you cover running backs? Can you recognize passing formations, the strength and the weaknesses of the defense? Get to your drop routes. So I watch him in zone coverage and I watch him in man coverage. Now, the good thing about him in man coverage is that he never seems to panic. Yep. Right? So... I've seen him matched up on some of today's best offensive skill positions. Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, matched up one-on-one with these guys. And (laughs) we used to have a saying, Emmett Thomas, old defensive coordinator, Hall of Fame defensive back, he used to be like, listen, man, 
when you get out in the open space, don't look like you drunk out there in open space. <laughs> meaning, meaning, don't be flailing your arms everywhere, out of control. You know, make sure you come to balance. Make sure you're under control. See what you're tackling and make the tackles. And that's what I see repeatedly with Eric Wilson. I am thoroughly impressed with his ability to be in open space, make tackles when he's out in coverage. And you got to be able to do that in today's game. To be a three-down linebacker is so much more important in today's game to have recognition in the passing game and understanding what the offense is trying to do to you in the passing game to expose you, right? Because it's all about getting matchups. And if we can take advantage of a matchup, we're going to try to expose that defender. And he rarely is in a position where somebody is trying to take advantage of him. To that last point, too, you know, there were so many moments in underneath zone coverage, whether he's playing as a middle hole defender or if he's like a hook curl player in zone yeah. coverage where he has an understanding. Hey, this is how the offense is trying to attack me. They're throwing two routes at me and they're going to try and do a little high low read where, hey, I'm going to carry this vertical route down the seam. But I've got my eyes in the backfield and I understand they're going to send a shallow cross my way. And you just see how quickly he was able to react, put his foot in the ground and drive on some of those shallow crosses. And even if he didn't break the pass up. He was able to get the ball carrier down immediately. But then also there were times where he did get the ball out. He forced a pass break up or he was able to force an incompletion. So I think, you know, his ability, his underneath zone coverage awareness, I thought was really good. You talked about the man coverage ability as well. Uh, you saw him matched up in space. He, they, he was flexed out wide with Alvin Kamara running down the yeah. seam at times. He showed the ability to blitz. He got the sack of Russell Wilson. The other thing that stood out to me, like, he played all three positions. You saw him at Sam on the line of scrimmage. You saw him as a Mike. You saw him as a Will. I thought that that position versatility really, really stood out. But the one thing that really stood out to me, and I'm so glad that you mentioned, because honestly, one of the things that I've pulled most from you, just watching film with you in the past, talking about linebackers, is that staying square to the line of scrimmage and you know being able to always be in that athletic position where now you can react. If you're, if you're turned yep. parallel to the sideline, well, now you're in a, a less advantageous position to be able to react to what the offense is trying to do. So to me, watching, he's always square. But the thing I loved, and I guess this can kind of take us into the next question I've got for you here. The one trait that really stood out to me most about him, he plays through contact so, so well. It, it is a contact yes. sport. We talk about this all the time. It's a contact sport. And in every position, I, I talk about it receiver. I talk about it with offensive linemen, defensive linemen, corners. You have to be able to play through contact. Now, I think that in all phases, you saw him defeating blocks from tight ends, from lead backs, from receivers, from offensive linemen, taking on a pulling guard in the hole, taking a, a tackle leaked up to the, to the second level in the zone run game. He's defeating those blocks, staying square to the line of scrimmage and getting the football. His ability to play through contact really, really stood out to me. Yeah, no doubt, Fran. And you got to be able to do that as a linebacker. You have to be able to use your hands. You can't stay blocked. One thing used to drive Jim Johnson crazy is one if for a one. linebacker <laughs> trades one for one yep. with a blocker and doesn't get off the block, man. I can still hear Jim yelling at me about that in my early days. But it's so it's so right that if you have the ability to shed blocks and stay active, you're going to find yourself around the football an awful lot. And that's the other thing about him is that he may get blocked, but he doesn't stay blocked. Yep. He doesn't stay blocked. And he has the ability to get off tackles and stay involved in the play. And to me, that shows a guy who has a love for playing. 
right? Like when you constantly play with that motor, like a uh, Brandon Graham comes to mind, a guy, Trent Cole comes to mind. These, These guys, they just always found their way to the football. Brian Dawkins never, never gave up on the play. And that's how you see sort of Eric Wilson playing when he's out there is that it's like, oh, he may get blocked here, but by the time this play ends, you're going to see number 50 in the screen getting in on the tackle. Was there a, a trait that stood out to you that, that was above the rest that was like, okay, this is where I was really, really impressed with his game? Oh, it's the coverage. It's yeah. the man-to-man coverage. Listen, I brought up Alvin Kamara. You put a linebacker out in open space with Alvin Kamara one-on-one, and that linebacker is usually looking around saying, where's my help coming from? I got to make sure I know where my help is coming from. And I'm sure in some of those defenses, Eric Wilson may have had some help. But here's the thing that I liked about him. I think they were in New Orleans when they were playing. Yes. Yep. And it, it's down in the red zone area. And he has Alvin Kamara man to man. Now, what he knows is that his extra help is the end line at the back of the end zone. So he knows Alvin Kamara can only run this route so far before he's going to be out of bounds. And he does a great job of taking away the inside first, then making sure the only way this pass can be completed is if it's thrown in front of me. He makes sure he gets under Kamara, makes that pass have to go over the top, and there's no way that ball can be completed to Alvin Kamara. So just understanding that field awareness and knowing that where you can sort of push your offensive player to where your help is as a defender. That's just a heady play, knowing that you're in a tough matchup man-to-man. Whereas you can see that play with some other linebackers, and what you'll get is a guy panicking. You're going to get a pass interference because he's grabbing him and he's holding him, and now you got a first down at the one-yard line. So having the ability, especially in this division where you're going to have guys like Saquon Barkley and Ezekiel Elliott that you're going to have to cover, tight ends like Evan Ingram or Logan Thomas, like tight ends like that, you're going to need linebackers that can cover. That That's such a benefit to a defensive coordinator to not have to put an extra defensive back in the game mm. to cover versus having a linebacker out there who can do that type of covering and can play the run if need be. And to a point that you made earlier, too, uh, I believe I, – I don't know if that play was like hurry up or if there was just like a late motion, but they motioned Kamara out a little bit late in the pre-snap phase. And so you can see there was some confusion on the back end for Minnesota. He travels out. He kind of looks around. He's like, no one else will get him. All right, I got him. And then he goes out and executes him. And to me, like, that was one of the things that stood out most about that play as well, just the, the confidence to be able to go out and make that play. For me, the one individual play that stood out, going back to my favorite trait, was his ability to play through contact. The play that he made against the Panthers, it was a jet sweep. You know how it is. You know, jet sweep. They're going to leave the play side defensive end in the direction that the play is going. They're going to leave him yeah. unblocked. They want to get the offensive lineman or the tight end up to the linebacker. They want to erase the speed from the play. So the tight end releases up to get to Eric Wilson. He stays square to the line of scrimmage. He takes care of the tight end. That's gone. They also took the running back that was on that side. I believe it was Mike Davis. He's up as a lead blocker. So he's got to take on a second block, stay square. Chuck Scott blocks. Now he's got two guys down. He still has that speed and that range to be able to make the play. It was a short gain. So not only did he show the speed and the lateral quickness, the ability to defeat those blocks in space, but then still be able to come to balance and finish one-on-one as a tackler. 
to me, that checked a lot of boxes for me. Like, to be able to play in today's game with all the different bubble screens and jets and, and things like that, I loved that play from Eric Wilson. And that's the thing, Fran. As a linebacker, you're going to get, in today's games, those types of plays, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they want to get your eyes moving. They want, they want to see if they can get you out of position, get you to take one false step somewhere so that that blocker can get the angle on you to free that jet sweep up. And that's where it goes back to being disciplined with your technique, not being in a rush to get to a play. So when we talk about him keeping his shoulders squared to the line of scrimmage, that allows him to see everything. He can see these plays. And through film study, now his instincts take over. So he can feel his way through this because he knows what play is happening right now. And he's anticipating these blocks as opposed to just running around and reacting as it happens. He's already anticipating. So sometimes when you watch film, it's hard to quantify how smart a player is with his pre-snap recognition and things that he just understands from the film study. But I guarantee you, you don't make those type of plays just off natural instinct. That's film study. That's knowing what's coming and, and understanding okay, I'm getting it, and now I know how to defend it. So that's three of our burning questions that I want to get down. I got two more for you before we get out of here. Number one, you talked about this. You, you talked about the familiarity, Eric Wilson, with Jonathan Gannon. Also, Nick Rallis, the Eagles linebackers coach, coached him in Minnesota. So you've got okay. uh, certainly some, some familiarity there. How important is it to have that guy on defense at every level who can help teach the scheme to the other guys. The Eagles have Anthony Harris's safety. Now you add in Eric Wilson at linebacker. How important is it to have those guys? And who were those guys for you when Jim Johnson came in early in your career? Right off the top, it's, it's, it's so important. And the first guy I remember is Tim Houck. Yeah. The missile. Yeah. I think he had played with Jim and in Indy at some point. So he knew Jim's defense. And even though we had drafted uh, Damon Moore, to be his successor, Tim just knew the entire defense. So having a guy like Tim there on the field with us, he had the ability to explain Jim's defense to the players from the standpoint of what's going to be easier for us to remember this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So you get the coaches up there teaching it, and they're just teaching it. But it helps when you have a player that's played in the defense. I'm trying to think back. We didn't have, at the linebacker level, anybody that was familiar with Jim's defense uh, early. But what we did have was a couple of veteran players that understood defenses. We had Willie T, who was our linebacker, and we had Mike Caldwell, two very smart veteran linebackers. I think Mike was in his seventh year when uh, Andy took over, and I think Willie T might have been in his eighth or ninth year when they took over. So they understood the concepts that Jim wanted to run. And Tim Houck had played for Jim, which it was so much more important because Jim's blitzes and the coverages, the combination coverages, could be difficult to understand, yeah. especially for young players. If you just – I come from Nick Saban's defense. We didn't have a lot of combination coverages in college, whereas I got to the pros – it was like, okay, if they motion, we go into a different defense. And this is what you need to know. And these are the checks. If it goes to empty, this is what you need to do. So as a young player, that stuff is hard to understand. So 
having guys like Eric Wilson and Anthony Harris here, I think it's going to bode tremendous for the players in the back seven. It just is. It helps everybody get lined up. You play faster, and it allows you to play instinctually as opposed to playing like a robot out there. So when Jim Johnson came in, that was going into your second year, right? Yes. Yep. It's a very, it's interesting because I feel like I was going to ask you about this guy, but it's interesting parallels to like a a guy like Davion Taylor, Davion Taylor entering year two, new scheme. So just like everybody else, he's kind of got to get up to speed from that standpoint. But, you know, I remember you came on last off season. We talked about just your development and how you came along in the NFL. You talked about the different jumps that you made. Now that Davion's been in the league for a year and he's kind of getting, you know, hopefully gotten up to speed from just the speed of the game standpoint. What are some of the th- things that you hope to see from him in year two? And, I, and I, again, looking at him and his skill set, he was kind of like that hybrid linebacker safety. You were a hybrid like the DN linebacker. I, yeah. Some interesting parallels I hadn't even thought about uh, up to this point. Well, it's funny because <laughs> Joe Banner told me that they didn't know whether to play me a linebacker or safety. Yeah. Right. It's safety because of my size. <laughs> but. I wasn't fluid enough in the hips and my ankles to play safety. And that's putting it kindly. (laughs) (laughs) As Nick Saban used to say, I was stiff all the time. So so I wound up selling the linebacker. And, dude, Davion Taylor is a player friend that I'm excited for in his second year. I want to see this kid play. I want to see him get out there. I saw some flashes from him last year on special teams. I was like, man, this dude explodes into contact. I mean, literally, when he goes in to make a tackle, he explodes into the ball carrier. He just needs to play more, obviously, the inexperience. Yeah. We know we know about his high school story. It's a wonderful journey to how he's gotten here. He just needs to play more. So you ask about that jump in your second year. The biggest thing for me, Bram, was learning the defense as a whole. First of all, all of my responsibilities. Learn what my responsibilities were. And then I had to learn what the Sam linebacker did, what the Mike linebacker did. That's one of the things that Ron Rivera, who was our coach, my linebacker coach at the time, required of me being a backup player. He was like, dude, you need to know all three positions. And I thank him for it because it allowed me to understand the entire defense. It was, of course, it was a lot of work and a lot of studying, but I did it and it wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. And then once you kind of understand the basis of the defense, you kind of see how everything ties together and it allows you to play faster. So for Davion, for me, in a new defense, the benefit for him this year is going to be, other than Eric Wilson, everybody else is learning at the same pace. So he doesn't have to feel frustrated that he doesn't know the entire defense or somebody's ahead of him. Mm. What he needs to do is make sure taking great notes, you take notes every day, regardless of what's being installed. Because Mike Caldwell taught me this. The more stuff, the more times you write this stuff down, the more it becomes second nature that you remember it. And I used to write the whole defense. I used to draw up the whole defense. Fran, I must have at least six or seven 
notebooks filled with Jim Johnson's defenses. Like literally can I, now. Can I, can I, I was going to say, can I come over and steal, steal those boxes from you? For a little bit? <laughs> like, literally, like literally, I, I still have them. I still have them <laughs> in my basement from where I took notes. Every training camp and every mini camps and OTAs, even though I had been in the defense for a couple of years, I still took the notes every year because I learned something different about the defense every year. So he has all the physical abilities to do it. That, that's not a question. Yep. It's just understanding the defense, what everybody else's responsibility is, and then eventually he'll graduate to understanding what the offense is trying to do to you and why you run the defense that we're running. So therefore, now you anticipate what the defensive coordinator is going to call and why he's calling it. It's to stop this particular play on offense. So when you're young, you got all this stuff going through your head. So my advice would be to him is just make sure you understand all three linebackers' responsibilities. That way you're going to understand the defense as a whole. Last question before we cut you loose here. When you look at linebackers and you talked about the coverage aspect of it, you know, the guys that are coming out of college or playing in the NFL now that are viewed as pure three down players, you know, typically on pass downs, those guys will specialize in one of two things. They're either really good blitzers or they're really good coverage players. You get the rare guy that's good at both, but you know, usually they specialize in one or the other. So I've just got a two part question for you to wrap things up. Which one of those traits blitzing or coverage do you view as more valuable and which one do you feel is harder to find? That's like the big question, I feel, when you're trying to project guys going into the NFL from college. It's like, all right, well, on third down, he can't really cover, but he's a good blitzer or vice versa. But what does that mean for his value? Let me answer it this way. <laughs> <laughs> if you're good at blitzing, yep. meaning you get to that quarterback, that's going to be more valuable in your, in your bank Your paycheck. Okay, yeah, right. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that's sure. fair. That's fair. That's yeah. a good point. That's a good point. That's, so a, good that's, way to, that's a good way to frame it. But I think the linebacker, the linebacker that can play the passing game, getting coverage, whether it's zone or man, I got to think has a little more significance and importance to it. I just think it does. And – I honestly, watching Eric do both, he's good at both, but, man, he is impressive in coverage. Mm. To me, from what I saw, he, he's impressive, whether it's dropping back in zone coverage yep. or man coverage. Because here's why I say this. Now, they both help out the passing game, being no a good blitzer and a rusher and a good coverage guy. But dropping back in coverage, whether it's man or zone, that's so beneficial to that defensive coordinator because he's allowed to put an extra man in coverage, which is going to force that quarterback to hold the ball yep. that much longer. And if you got a good pass rush, it's even more important to you to have good coverage guys on the back end. The blitzing is certainly important, but as you know, friend, most coordinators don't like the blitz because it leaves you exposed in a, a certain area if you don't get home. So it's almost hit or miss when you blitz. But if you're a good coverage team and you don't need to bring that extra guy, that's so much more beneficial to a defensive coordinator in terms of getting pressure on the quarterback because now that quarterback has an extra defender he has to navigate through the passing game. 
Yeah, and I do think it's very team and scheme specific, whether, you know, in, in yeah. terms of what you're looking for and how the roster's built. Uh, you can go to New Orleans and see how they use Demario Davis and then look at, uh, you know, San Francisco and see how they use Fred Warner. And those guys are used very differently. Yep. Um, but a lot of people view them both as top five linebackers, top six or seven linebackers in the game. So no definitely doubt. comes down to that. But, Ike, uh, this has been great. Thanks so much for joining us here to talk <laughs> a little bit about Eric Wilson, talk some linebacker play here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast fueled by Gatorade. Always a pleasure, friend. Anytime, brother. Looking for a unique experience for the young Eagles fan in your life? Eagles Virtual Youth Football and Cheerleading Clinics are now being offered on April 25th and May 16th. Register today at PhiladelphiaEagles.com slash clinics. Great stuff there from Ike. You can follow on Twitter just like I do, at Ike58Reese. And while you're at it, I'm at EaglesXOs. That's where I post all the podcasts I'm a part of and all of our X's Nose content that we produce here with Eagles Entertainment. You know how much I appreciate everybody that promotes this podcast on social media. That's one way to support the show, but the best way is to go onto Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Leave us a rating and leave us a comment. I want to give a shout-out today to someone who did exactly that. Michael J. Infoman PA left a five-star review saying, Fran, I'm a big fan of the role of running backs in the past game so it was with great interest that I listened to your podcast on the subject what was not discussed is the vital role of a back in six-man protection schemes since many passing plays call for a running back to stay in and pass block it's essential that a back has the ability to scan the rush and block those blitzing linebackers do you believe that pass blocking ability is underrated when evaluating running backs in the pass game and Michael that's a great question and I think that honestly my opinions have changed a little bit on that subject over the last couple of years and this is why it really depends on the scheme that you're projecting to. You look at Steve Sarkeesian and what he did at Alabama this past year, early over the last couple of years, what he's going to bring with them to Texas. They don't ask their backs to pass protect. And he's kind of had a, a little bit of a eureka moment when watching Joe Brady and Joe Burrow and Clyde Edwards Hilaire in 2019 at LSU. He said, look, why not take advantage of the running back in the pass game. Ben kind of highlighted this last week here on the show. Why take away the biggest mismatch that we have in our favor by keeping the running back in to protect? Now, coaches are going to view that differently. Some coaches say, yeah, we absolutely need our back in to protect. And the big thing to remember with that is the following. Just because a back did not pass protect often in college does not mean that he can't do it in the NFL. So you always want to keep that in mind when projecting guys. Now, there are some players that have done it some in college, right? And you see, all right, here are, the, here are the examples of him, what he looked like in college. The thing to remember, number one, guys are going to get bigger and stronger. Number two, their technique may not always be great. What I'm always looking for with backs and pass protection is a willingness because not only is it that's just about the block in general, but I think it speaks to his competitive nature, uh, his competitive toughness, and also his football intelligence. If he's able to scan the defense and find, you know, be assignment sound and understand who he's supposed to block on that given play. So I think when we're looking overall at pass protection, it's absolutely important. Does that mean that it's going to be the end-all, be-all? I don't think so. I think, we, I think, and this isn't going to be the case for all 32 teams, but I think we are past the point where if a guy can't pass protect, that coaches are just going to keep him on the bench. I don't think that we're there all the way. That being said, it's going to change team by team by team by team. So everybody's going to view that differently. Looking at it like how you do, how I do, you're looking at it from the scope, from the lens of all 32 teams. I think that it's something you, you keep certainly in mind. But I don't know that that's a complete deal breaker the way that it was seven, eight, nine, ten years ago. I do think that the league has evolved a little bit from that sense. And because of that mismatch, understanding how offenses want to try and exploit linebackers in space and safeties in space, having that running back there that can be that mismatch player, 
that might be able to outweigh any issues he may have in pass protection. He still has to be able to give effort, but I think really when it's all said and done, what they can do as a pass catcher and certainly as a runner uh, will outweigh that. So great question there from Michael. Thank you. And thank you as well to everybody out there for your continued support of this show and all the rest of our podcasts with Eagles Entertainment. That being said, I think that'll do it. Another show in the books here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast fueled by Gatorade. For everybody here at the Duffy House, I am Fran Duffy. We will talk to you next week. Hi, I'm Fran Duffy, host of the Journey to the Draft podcast, where every week we're going through scouting reports, big boards, mock drafts, and figuring out how prospects transition to the NFL. Listen to the Journey to the Draft podcast wherever podcasts can be found.